شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة والملائكة وأولو العلم قائما بالقسط لا إله إلا هو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين ما بعد um, So today's lesson إن شاء الله every, every Ramadan we're going to have our lessons at 5 o'clock إن شاء الله so we can get back home for the brothers who live far uh, إن شاء الله بسم الله So he says باب ما جاء في قول الله تعالى ولئن أذقناه رحمة منا من بعد ضراء مسته ليقولن هذا لي الآية this chapter, the point of this chapter is that a slave, a person to say or believe that a blessing that he got from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says that I deserved it or it was through my own hard work, that this is, this goes against the perfection of Tawheed. <coughs> and if he believes that this, if he believes that the ni'mah, the blessing that he got, whether it be wealth or health or anything like that, he believed that it was given to him by someone independently of Allah Azza wa Jal. Then this is major shirk. And you believe, a person believes that I got this blessing through my own hard work and Allah had nothing to do with it. This is kufr billahi Azza wa Jal. This is disbelief. And the second situation is for someone to say it whilst the, uh, not mentioning the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then this goes against the perfection of Tawheed This goes against the perfection of Tawheed And is not major Is not major shirk Is not major shirk Tayyip, <coughs> is that clear? An example of that is A person He's a businessman, he's rich And he says, I got this through my own hard work Forgetting about Allah Azza wa Jal And what a Muslim needs to remember is that out there, there are people more hard-working than you. No matter who you are. Or almost, no matter who you are. There's almost, there's almost some, at least one person more hard-working than you that didn't make it the same way that you made it. Even if you got to the top, there is someone in a poor country somewhere where he was hard, more hard-working than you. And we see it. There are people, they're more hard-working than us. And they get less. They may be working for peanuts, as they say. Something very small. But he's doing a lot of hard work. Oh, he's very smart, he's intelligent. Very, very intelligent. Like he wasn't given the opportunity to go and make or be successful in, in terms of dunya the way someone else who is less intelligent than him. And what was, what's the difference between them? The only difference is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose this one and didn't, chose, didn't choose that one for the dunya. And it is not a sign. And then the second message that is important to understand in this chapter is that for someone to be given from this dunya is not a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loving them. And this is the way that a lot of Jababira, a lot of people of oppression, like Qarun and Fir'aun, they were deceived by their own selves. They thought that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving them something good, Allah azza wa jal giving them uh, dunya, giving them money, making them successful in this dunya, is a sign that Allah loves them. Rather, that's not the case at all. The most loved, beloved creation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he was someone who was... Not a person of richness. He didn't have money like that. And Fir'aun, one of the worst creation of Allah, one of the worst hated creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, was given, the dunya opened up for him. So the fact that someone's given from this dunya is not a sign that Allah loves them. Some, someone's given a lot of money, or someone's poor, doesn't mean that Allah loves this one and hates this one. No. And this is the way that some people, they were deceived. Like some of them, they said in the Quran, is mentioned in the Quran, وَلَئِرْ رَجَعْتُ إِلَىٰ رَبِّ إِنَّ لِي عِنْدَهُ لَلْحُسْنَةِ he was given in this dunya, he was given good. And when I go to my Lord and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm only going to get good from him. Because obviously Allah loves me because he gave me this dunya, right? No. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejects that. And so a person should always remember that this is a pure blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gives it to whoever he wants. And he doesn't give it based on the fact that he loves someone or not. <laughs> so he says, The ayah says, If, وَلَئِنْ أَذَقْنَاهُ رَحْمَةً مِنَّا if a slave, he, he tastes a mercy from us. After he went through hard times. He went through hardship and then something something of ease came back to him after that. And the hardship was uplifted from him. 
or he got something that was relief, a relief for, for, for him from that hardship. After hardship touched him, what does he say? Instead of being thankful and grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, This is from me. I got this, I've done this my own hard work. And the same person is the one who says, I don't believe that the day of judgment is going to happen. He doesn't believe in the akhirah. He just believes that everything happens through his own hard work. I know that this is the person who is a mushrik, a kafir, disbelieving in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qala Mujahid, Mujahid explaining this, the, the word of this person when he says, I got this through my own hard work. Hadha bi'amali wa ana bihi. It's someone to say that this, this, this thing that I earned was from my own actions, my own work. وَأَنَا مَحْقُوقٌ بِهِ and I deserve it. وَقَالَ ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ يُرِيدُ مِنْ عِنْدِي and ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا he commented on this ayah saying يُرِيدُ مِنْ عِنْدِي يعني this this work this this action that I got or this result that I I received it was from my own hard work. And second evidence that he brings is Allah says قَالَ إِنَّمَا أُوتِيتُهُ عَلَى عِلْمٍ عِنْدِي quoting from Qarun. Qarun was the one who Allah subhanahu wa taala mentioned in the Quran وَإِنَّمَا فَاتِحَهُ لَتَوَأَتِنَاهُ مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ ما إن مفاتحه لتنوء بالعصبة وللقوة. قارون was from the people of Musa and he was يعني from بني إسرائيل. but they say that he gained a position in the kingdom of فرعون. even the Israelites they were oppressed under فرعون. he gained he gained a position and he was given huge vast amounts of wealth. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes this wealth and he says, وَآتَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ We gave him from treasures. مَا إِنَّ مَفَاتِحَهُ لَتَنُوءُ بِالْعُصْبَةِ أُولِلْقُوَةِ The keys of these treasures would, be have to, would have to be lifted by a group of strong men. The keys. Let alone the actual treasures. The keys would have to be lifted by a group of strong men. إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ قَوْمُهُ لَا تَفْرَحُ And so his people, they said to him, don't be happy with this. And don't don't be don't be boasting, يعني. So it means لا تفرح إن الله لا يحب الفرحين. Allah does not love those people who are boastful. Then he says قال إنما أوتيته على علم عندي. The reason why I was given this money, this wealth, is because of my knowledge. يعني. What's the explanation of this? قال قتادة على علم مني بوجوه المكاسب. It's because of my knowledge of business trade, business trade, how to make money. I know how to make money. I know how to trade. So he didn't attribute it to Allah. He attributed it to his own self. وَقَالَ آخَرُونَ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ أَنِّي لَهُ أَهْلِ And some scholars they explained it in another way saying that عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ I was given based on knowledge يعني based on Allah's knowledge that I deserve it You understand? He's saying that based on Allah Allah knows that I deserved it That's why I got it Not because of that He didn't say it was because from the bounty of Allah No, it's because Allah knew that I deserved it I deserved it from my own hard work وَهَذَا مَعْنَى قَوْلِ مُجَاهِدْ أُوْتِيتُهُ عَلَىٰ شَرَفٍ I was given it because of my honor. I deserved it. I was, I'm an honorable person, so I deserve this money. <coughs> and all of this goes against the perfection of Tawheed. So what should a person do? A person should, should say, هَذَا مِنْ فَضْلِ رَبِّي This is from the bounty of my Lord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gave it to me. If it wasn't for Allah azza wa jal, I wouldn't have got any of this. And that's the perfection of Tawheed for a person to return all of their affairs when it comes to their trust and what they need. And what they earn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another mas'ala which is important to understand is a mas'ala of what people they say uh, when they say, I, I believe in myself. I believe in you. Saying that. What's the ruling on saying, I believe in you? When, Ibn, when Shaykh Muhammad Ibrahim al Shaykh rahimahullah was asked about this word. أثق أو ثق بنفسك. Trust in yourself. Trust in yourself. He says. He says about this كلمة لا تنبغي. It's not befitting for a person to use such a word that you trust in yourself, thinking that you are the one who earns it. Of course, people don't. They don't use when someone says believe in yourself. You don't mean it generally as Muslims. We're not going to mean. We don't mean that I believe in myself and I don't believe in Allah and I believe in my own strength and Allah is not the one who's helping me. No, we don't believe that. But as a, in terms of Tawheed, remember we mentioned that we need to protect our words from anything that can have any ihtimal, any possibility to mean something false. So because of that, a person should stay away from such words saying, I believe in myself, I believe in you. La. All of the thing that comes to you is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مَا أَصَابَكَ مِنْ حَسَنَةٍ فَمِنَ اللَّهِ Whatever comes to you that's from good, 
then it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And anything that comes from evil, then that's from your own self. Obviously, you earned it for your own self from Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only who gave you that evil because of your own actions. <laughs> so that shows what? That your person should be careful of such words. Yes, if someone is patient with a trial and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards them in the dunya, then being happy about what Allah gives you is not the, the thing here, the point that we're talking about here. We're talking about here attributing it to yourself. Even if you were patient and you believe that you were rewarded because of your actions from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then know that this is not, no, it wasn't because of that. It was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Pure fadl from Allah. It was pure bounty of Allah. None of your actions. Yani, a person does he even deserve a human being. Does he even deserve eyes? We, we, did you ask for your eyes? You didn't ask for your eyes. Did you earn your eyes? Did you earn your iman? You didn't earn any of that. As the companions, they would say, Wallahi, لَوْلَ اللَّهُ مَهْتَدَيْنَا وَمَا تَصَدَّقْنَا وَمَا صَلَّيْنَا فَأَنزِلًا سَكِينَةً عَلَيْنَا وَثَبِّتِ الْأَقْدَامِ إِلَّا قِينَا They used to say that, Wallahi, if it wasn't for Allah, we wouldn't have, Wallahi, لَوْلَ اللَّهُ مَهْتَدَيْنَا We would never been guided. وَمَا تَصَدَّقْنَا We wouldn't have been given any charity. لَا صَلَّيْنَا And we wouldn't have even, uh, we wouldn't have even prayed. All of that is from Allah. Your, your worship is from Allah. Your eyes, your, your mouth, your ability, your, your body, everything that you, you get. All of it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if you do some good deeds. Look at the story, and I think I mentioned to you guys one time, and I'll sh- mention it shortly <coughs> here today. The story that was narrated by Imam Al-Hakim in Al-Mustadrak. And some authors, they, some, some of the scholars, they mention it's weak, and some of them said it's Hassan, which is a man who was on an island. He was on an island. And as far as you can see from four burud, from each direction, it was, was water. And just see, he was on an island. And he worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every day Allah will bring out for him a pomegranate from a tree that was in the, from the sea. A tree will come out from the sea, it was next to him. And a pomegranate will come, he'll take the pomegranate and he'll eat. And he'll worship Allah for 500 years. 500 years he worshipped Allah. And when he died, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Enter into Jannah because of my mercy. Through my mercy, enter into Jannah. So the man, he said, بَلْ يَا بِعَمَلِي With my actions. 500 years I worshipped. I didn't do anything else but worship. I would eat one program a day. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the angels, weigh his actions and weigh one blessing that I gave to him, his eyes. All of his actions and his eyes. Which one's heavier? So the, the eyes, the, 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 the blessing that Allah gave you, his eyes, were heavier than all of his actions. So he said, enter him to the hellfire. And so Allah, the, the man, he said, Ya Rabb, بِرَحْمَتِكُ of your mercy. So Allah said to him, enter into Jannah with my mercy. Through my mercy. And the shahid for that is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لَنْ يَدْخُلَ أَحَدُكُمُ الْجَنَّةَ إِلَّا بِرَحْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم. None of you are going to enter into Jannah except by mercy from Allah. Except by mercy of Allah. Not by your own actions. لَنْ يَدْخُلَ أَحَدُكُمْ الْجَنَّةَ بِعَمَلِهِ No one's going to enter into Jannah with your actions. Then the companions they said, وَلَا أَنْتَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Not even you, O Messenger of Allah. Not even you, you're not going to enter into Jannah with, with your actions. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, وَلَا أَنَا إِلَّا أَنْ يَتَغَمَّدَنِيَ اللَّهُ بِرَحْمَتِهِمْ بِرَحْمَةٍ مِّنْهِ Even me, even me, I wouldn't enter into Jannah unless Allah surrounds me with His mercy. Right? To show that the blessings of Allah and our actions will never be equal. That's why we always need the mercy of Allah for that. Yeah. <coughs> So what's the what's the point of uh, the, how do you respond to someone saying that uh, we're only going to enter into Jannah through the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala? So what's the point of us doing good deeds? The answer to that is two. Number one is that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala shows mercy to you through your good deeds. If a person does good deeds, then Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will show him mercy. And if a person does sins, then Allah will give him justice. Right? That's number one. And number two, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they asked about the Qadr. Everyone's going to be given Qadr. Some people are going to go hellfire, some people are going to go Jannah. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, اعملوا فكلهم ميسر لما خلق له. Whatever you've been created for Jannah or the hellfire, it will be made easy for you. That's what you would do. So you should do actions. Right? Don't, don't use Qadr or the mercy or anything like that to justify it. The next hadith is a story. And this story is an important story um, about the blessings that Allah gives you. And how to thank it, how to thank these blessings, and how to not thank them. And they're going to give you two examples of people who are not thankful, and one example of someone who is thankful. <laughs> so he says in Abi Hurairah radiyallahu anhu, 
Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Inna thalathata min Bani Israel, there were three groups of people from the children of Israel, Bani Israel. Abrasa wa aqra'a wa a'ma. One had leprosy, one was bold, he had no hair, wa a'ma, one was blind. Three people. Leprosy, and his skin disease, his skin was very bad. وأقرأ, someone who was bold, he had no hair on his hair. وأعمى, and someone who was blind. فأراد الله يبتليهم, so Allah, Allah wanted to test them. فبعث إليهم ملكا, and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to them an angel. فأتى الأبرص, and so he came to the one who is أبرص, who is, had leprosy. So he said to him, أي, أي شيء أحب إليك? What's the most beloved thing to you for you to be given? Do you want anything? So he said, لون حسن وجلد حسن ويذهب الله عني الذي قد قذر الناس الناس به and for, for, for me to be given a good skin color because his skin was all messed up وجلد حسن and a good skin ويذهب and Allah سبحانه وتعالى takes away from me this thing that made people run away from me قال فمسحه and so the angel he wiped him and by the permission of Allah سبحانه وتعالى all of that thing it went so he was given loan and hasan, a good color, and a and good skin. And then he, he was asked, what wealth is most beloved to you? And so he said, al-ibilu or al-baqar. And the, it is al-ibil, the shakka ishaq. One of the narrators, he, 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 he doubted. Is it a camel or cow? So he asked him, what, what wealth is the most beloved wealth to you? Camel. So the man said camel. Ishaq, he had the doubt. Is it camel or is it cow? Like it is uh, the camel. فَأُعْطِيَ نَاقَةً عُشَرَاءً And so he was given a pregnant she-camel. And the angel said, بَارَكَ اللَّهُ لَكَ فِيهَا May Allah bless you in it. Then he says, he came to the الْأَقْرَعَ The one who is bold. And he said to him, what's the most beloved thing to you? So he said, شَعْرٌ حَسَنْ Good hair. And so the, I, I get my hair back. And the people, they stop speaking or, or that, that thing or this, this illness or this bad thing that I have in my hair. It can... People, they stop looking at me in that way, in a bad way, because I have no hair. يعني. And so the angel, he wiped him, he touched him by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he got his hair back. And so he was given good hair. And then he asked him, what wealth is, is most beloved to you? So he said, al-baqar or al-ibl, a camel, a cow or a camel. So يعني, it's, a, it's a cow. And then he says, فَأُعْطِيَ بَقَرَةً حَامِلًا And so he was given a pregnant cow. Then he said, بَارَكَ اللَّهُ لَكَ فِيهَا May Allah bless you in this cow. Then he came to the blind man. And he said to him, what's the most beloved thing to you? And he said, أَنْ يَرُدَّ اللَّهُ إِلَيَّ بَصَرِي So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings back my wealth, my eyesight. <coughs> Notice here guys, what did the first one say? The first one he said, I want to get my skin back. And the second one said, I want to get my hair back, I want to get hair. This one he said, that Allah brings back my eyesight. Notice here, it's already a first sign, huh? Of his, of his gratefulness. That he's showing that it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yarudda Allahu ilayya basari. That Allah brings back my eyesight. Fa'ubsara bihinnas so I can see the people. Fa'masahahu and so he wiped him. Fa'radda Allahu ilayhi basarah and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave his eyesight back. Qala fa'ayyu al-mali ahabu ilayk. Then he said, What wealth is the best, the most beloved to you? Fa'qala al-ghanam. He said, Sheep. So he was given. Fa'a'u'atiya shatan walida. He was given a pregnant sheep. فَأَنْتَجَ هَذَانِ وَوَلَّدَ هَذَا And so the two, the camels and the cows and the sheep, they all gave birth. فَكَانَ لِهَذَا وَادٍ مِنَ الْإِبِلِ So one of them, the, the first one, the one who was, he had leprosy, he had a whole valley full of camels. You've seen a valley, the mountain, between two mountains, full of camels after a while. Because the dua, بَارَكَ اللَّهُ لَكَ فِيهَا May Allah give you barakah in this. So he had a camel, uh, camels that filled the whole, that filled the whole uh, valley. فأيو, then he said, and the other one he had a whole uh, valley of cows and the other one he had a valley of sheep. قال ثم إنه أتى الأبرص في صورته وهيئته Then he came to the uh, abras, to the one who was, who had leprosy. In the same way that he looked, the, the, one, who, the one who had leprosy. Okay, he came back to him and he said to him رجل مسكين وابن السبيل I am a poor person and I am ابن السبيل A person who has no wealth. Yani Ibn Sabil is what? Is the one who has, he's traveling and he loses all of his money. It's called Ibn Sabil. And from the Sharia, it is obligatory upon us to give him money in that situation. Someone who's Ibn Sabil, it's wajib, you have to look after them. 
He said, قَدْ انْقَطَعَتْ بِيَ الْحِبَالُ فِي سَفَرِ هَذَا He said, I have no ties, nothing, everything has been cut off from me. I have no money. فَلَا بَلَاغَ لِيَ الْيَوْمَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ بِكَ And I have no way to get back to my city except by Allah and then you. Did he say Allah and you? He said, and then you, huh? It's Tawheed, the angel saying it. ثُمَّ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ بِكَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ بِكَ From Allah and then you. So he says, أَسْأَلُكَ بِالَّذِي أَعْطَاكَ اللَّوْنَ الْحَسَنِ وَالْجِلْدَ الْحَسَنِ وَالْمَالِ I ask you by the one who gave you this nice color of skin and this nice skin. وَالْمَالِ And he gave you wealth and all of this money, all of this wealth, camels. بَعِيرًا أَتَبَلَّغُ بِهِ فِي سَفَرِي Give me one camel that I can go and use to get back on my way, on my journey, to get back home. So the man, what did he say? الْحُقُوقُ كَثِيرًا There's so many, I have too many responsibilities. فَقَالَ and so this angel, he said to him, It is as if I know you. Were you not someone who used to be, you had leprosy on your skin, and the people, they used to run away from you. They used to think that, you know, فَقِيرًا You used to be poor. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you wealth. فَقَالَ إِنَّمَا وَرِثْتُ هَذَا الْمَالَ كَابِرًا عَنْ كَابِرًا He said, this wealth that I got, I inherited it from my forefathers. It wasn't, wasn't from anyone else. If you're lying, then may Allah return you to how you used to be. And so he went. Then he came to the one who is bold in the same way. And he said the same thing. And the bold man responded the same way. He said that I have too many responsibilities. I only inherited this wealth from generation to generation. He said to him, if you're lying, then may Allah return you to how you used to be. And then he came to the one who is blind. The one who is blind. The last man. He was given sheep. I'm a poor person. And I'm Ibn Sabil, a traveler. And all of my uh, connections, everything, all of my money has been cut off in my travel right now. And I have no way to get back to my house except by Allah and then you. So he asked him, I ask you by the one who gave you your eyesight back. Shatan, just give me one sheep that I can use to get back in my, to my travels. Look at the bold man he said. He said, I used to be blind, and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returned to me my eyesight. So take whatever you want from these sheep and leave whatever you want from these sheep. فَوَاللَّهِ لَا أَجْهَدُكَ الْيَوْمَ بِشَيْءٍ أَخَذْتَهُ لِلَّهِ He said, Wallahi, I'm not going to be angry of anything that you take for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm not going to blame you. Anything that you take for Allah, right? Anything that you take for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here, take it. فَقَالَ أَمْسِكْ مَالَكَ So the angel, he said to him, take your wealth, your, your, your sheep, فَإِنَّ مَبْتُلِيتُمْ Because you have been tested, you guys, have all, all three of you, have been tested. فَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْكَ Allah is pleased with you. وَسَخِطَ عَلَى صَاحِبَيْكَ And Allah is angry at your two companions. أَخْرَجَاهُ نَرَيْتُ بَعَى الْبُخَارِ مُسْلِمْ The lesson from this story is what? <clears throat> is that the way to be thankful of the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is four. Oh, let's count them. Don't say four. Let's count them here. طيب. Look what the blind man, look what the blind man said. The one who was thankful. He said, قَدْ كُنْتُ أَعْمَى فَرَدَّ اللَّهُ إِلَيَّ بَصَرِي I used to be blind. I used to be blind. So he recognized the ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he was, that, that he used to be blind and he became, he, he was given sight. As opposed to the others, what did they say? الْحُقُوقُ كَثِيرًا I have too many responsibilities. Or they, what did they say, sorry? إِنَّمَا وَرِثْتُ هَذَا الْمَالِ كَابِرًا أَنْ كَابِرًا I got this wealth through my Generations, yani inheritance. So he recognized that he used to have, he used to be poor, and Allah is the one who gave him this blessing. Number two, it is a blessing that he was given, yani. The, the eyesight coming back is a blessing. Number two is that he, he, he attributed his blessing to Allah. Allah is the one who gave me back my eyesight. So he recognized that it is a blessing, number one. And number two, he recognized that it was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Okay, so number one, he recognized that it was a blessing from Allah and he only attributed the blessing to Allah alone. And number three is that he gave the right to this blessing. Ada'uhu haqqa Allah ta'ala fiha. He gave the right of Allah in this blessing. 
What was that? He gave the money because you have to give it to Ibn Sabil. So from this we understand that to thank any ni'mah, any blessing that you want, then this is the hadith for it. Any blessing that you get, whether it be money, whether it be wife, whether it be children, whether it be uh, health, all of these things, you have to have three things for it to be shukr, for you to be thankful. And something that Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentions as well. He says, number, so what is it number one? You recognize that it's a blessing from Allah. Number two, you attribute it only to Allah Azza wa You don't attribute it to your own self or attribute it to anyone else. And number three, you give the right of that blessing. The right of that blessing was that he had to give money. It's a charity. So for example, let's, let me give you an example now. Zakah. Giving zakah. The money that you have for your zakah, you recognize that it is a blessing from Allah. Number two, you recognize that it, it's only from Allah alone. And number three, you give the zakah. Your 2.5%, you give it. Tayyib, your knowledge. Knowledge. If you're given knowledge by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then in that case, you recognize that it's a ni'mah from Allah. And number two, you attribute it only to Allah. You don't say, I hard work, I done my own hard work. This is my own blessing. And number three, you give the right of knowledge. What's the right of knowledge? Acting by it. Acting by it. And spreading it. Right? Acting by it and spreading it. Tayyib, another blessing of your iman. Your iman. Your own Islam. You recognize that it's only from Allah. And you attribute it only to Allah. And you give its right. By staying away from sin. By doing good. Because every sin is a type of ungratefulness. Every sin is a type of ungratefulness. And being, doing, doing the good deeds is a type of shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Anything like that. Everything. You don't use it in haram. And you use it only in good. Whether it be your car. Whether it be your, 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 your eyes. Your eyes. You have eyes, right? You recognize this eyesight from Allah. You attribute it only to Allah. And you don't use your eyesight in haram. You give it right. You don't look at things that are haram. Your ears, same thing, you don't listen to music, you don't listen to things that are haram. Your, your feet, your ability to walk, you don't walk to haram places. Your ability to eat and drink, you don't eat and drink haram things. And all of that. This is, this is the formula for you to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this hadith. Is that clear? طيب. Then he says, فيه مسائل الأولى تفسير الآية الثانية معنى, معنى لا يقولن هذا لي الثالثة معنى ما معنى قوله, قوله إنما أتيت على علم عندي الرابع ما في هذه القصة العجيبة من العبر العظيمة The lessons that we find in the story and there are many والله تعالى أعلم باب The next chapter is قول الله تعالى فلما آتاهما صالحا جعل له شركاء فيما آتاهما And that is The, the, the point of this, of, this, of this chapter is that to have names with Abd and other than Allah. So for example, you say Abdul Hussein, the slave of Hussein, Abdul Ali, Abdul Nabi, Abdul Kaaba. All of these names, Alhamdulillah, all of these names are a type of shirk. All of these names are a type of shirk. And the type of shirk there are is shirkun fi ta'a. Shirk in terms of obedience. So therefore they're not major shirk. Rather it is minor shirk. It's minor shirk. And it can be major shirk if a person intends the reality of the meaning. And you actually believe that the Prophet sallallahu he's a slave of the Prophet sallallahu in terms of ibadah. In that case it's major shirk. طيب. But generally the name, having these names, ta'bidu al-asma' li-ghayrillah is minor shirk. Okay? And the evidence he brings is فَلَمَّا آتَاهُمَا صَالِحًا جَعَلَ لَهُ شُرَكَاءَ فِيمَا آتَاهُمَا He said that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought out the child صالح in a healthy way the child came out healthy يعني a person, two, two people they had a child and the child came out healthy and instead of thanking Allah what did they do? جَعَلَ لَهُ شُرَكَاءَ فِيمَا آتَاهُمَا The two parents they made shirk by naming him Abdul something else Abdul Nabi, or whatever, all of these names. فَتَعَالَ اللَّهُ عَمَّا يُشْرِكُونَ Allah says, Allah is above all of their shirk. Okay? And we're going to explain this ayah, inshaAllah ta'ala, when it comes to it. قَالَ ibn حَزْمٍ Ibn Hazm, Al-Andalusi, رحمه الله تعالى, mentions, in his Maratib al-Ijma' اتفقوا على تحريم كل اسم معبد لغير الله that the scholars, they have unanimously agreed that it's not allowed for you to use any name معبد لغير الله. We're saying Abd to anyone other than Allah, slave of anyone other than Allah. 
So let's say Abdul Rahman, Abdullah, Abdul Rahim. These kind of names are allowed. As for any other abd for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is not allowed by ijma' as Ibn Hazmi mentions. Ka'abdi Amrin like Abd Amr, wa Abd al-Ka'ba, the slave of the Ka'ba, wa ma ashbahadalik, or anything similar to that. And what's common today is things like Abd al-Nabi. Hasha Abd al-Muttalib, except for Abd al-Muttalib. Is he saying that allowed? Abd al-Muttalib? No. He's saying there's no ijma' on Abd al-Muttalib. Some scholars, they differ on Abd al-Muttalib. Some scholars, they differ, they say Abd al-Muttalib is allowed. Why? They bring the evidences, but in reality it's weak evidence. The main evidence that they bring is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he said in the battle of in the battle of Hunayn, he said, "Ana nabiyyu la kathib, ana ibn Abdul Muttalib." I am the Prophet. I'm not lying, and I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. Why did he say that? The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, at the time of the battle of Hunayn, he was saying, "I am the Prophet, and I'm not lying, and I am the son of Abdul Muttalib." Some of the scholars they mentioned a few reasons. Number one, they mentioned that Abdul Muttalib was the leader of the Arabs at his time. He was known. All of the Arabs they knew Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because of things that happened to him in his life. He was a leader. Yani. He was a leader. Amongst the Arabs, he was known from the Sayyid al-Arab, the leader, the highest people of the Arabs. So that's why he's saying, I am the son of Abdul Muttalib to show, look, I'm not someone, I'm not anyone, right? In front of the people of the Hunayn and Ta'if. The second reason that some scholars they bring also, they say, is that the Arabs, they knew that from the, from the children of Abdul Muttalib would come a prophet. So he would say, I am Nabi, I am Nabi, ula kathib, I am a prophet, I'm not lying. I am the son of Abdul Muttalib, the Prophet that you guys have been waiting for, you guys knew about, right? They say because of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that, that shows that you're allowed to say Abdul Muttalib. But what's the, what's the response to that? The response to that is that the Prophet والسلام, was just telling them the reality. He is the son of Abdul Muttalib. He wasn't saying that it's allowed for me to now use this name, to have this name. So the correct opinion, even though there is no ijma', there's no consensus, because consensus is hujjah, it's a proof, right? There's ijma', it's a proof, that's haram. But there's no ijma', so therefore the ijma' is not a proof, but generally still not allowed, according to the stronger opinion, wallahu alam, that you can't really call yourself Abdul Muttalib or anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu alam, I don't know. Abdul, I don't know. Allahu alam. Yeah, Abdi, Abdi, this is my slave. No, no, that's, that's problematic, no, you're not allowed that. Like an Abdu or Abd? Abdullah? Abd. Abdul. That's not even a name. <laughs> they call them Abd, that's different though. If they're shortening it, that's different. But his actual name is Abdul or Abdi. They ask you people, some people have that name. And Abdullah, I don't know. طيب. وعن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما في الآية ابن عباس رضي الله تعالى عنهما he mentions in the آية about the ayah, صالحاً, when they were given a right, a, 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 a healthy child, they done shirk. Some of the scholars, they mentioned this tafsir. And we're going to explain that there is difference of opinion amongst them on this tafsir. Adam when Adam uh, impregnated Hawa, our mother, our father Adam impregnated Hawa. فأتاهما Iblis. Iblis came to them. فقال, he said, I am... Your companion, the one who removed you from Al-Jannah, Iblis, he's saying, coming to them, and Hawa is pregnant, and saying, I am the one who took you out of Jannah, Iblis, right? He said, you're either going to obey me in what I'm going to tell you to do, or I'm going to make this baby that's in your stomach, in your womb, to come out with two horns. And so he's going to come out, and he's going to, Come out with horns and it's going to rip your, your stomach. And he was threatening, threatening, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. If you don't obey me. Name this child Abdul Harith. Okay. And so Adam and Hawa, they refused to obey Iblis. And so the baby came out dead. And so she was pregnant again. And Iblis came to them and said the same thing. And they refused. And, they, and then the baby came out. Dead the second time, and then they, he became pregnant the third time, and he came and he said the same thing. And then the, uh, Ibn Abbas he said, "Fadrakahuma hubbul walad." And so the love of this child it uh, it stopped them. Fasamayahu Abdul Harith. It stopped them. So they called him Abdul Harith, obeying Iblis. فذلك قوله تعالى سو الله سيدنا القرآن جعل له شركاء فيما أتاهما. They done shirk in what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave to them. Okay. رواه ابن أبي حاتم. This um, and it was narrated by uh, Ibn Abi Hatim in his tafsir. Now, 
the scholars they mention about this 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 qissa, this story. There's many of the scholars that they mention that this story is authentic. Based on that, based on that, if they say that it's authentic, then they say that the sin of Adam and Hawa here was what? It was shirk in ta'a and obedience. So it was a sin. Just like other sins are also shirk in obedience. Why? Because whenever you commit a sin, then you have obeyed shaitan. Therefore, you have done shirk in obedience. You should only obey Allah, but you've obeyed shaitan. So they say it's not shirk. It's not major shirk. Right? It doesn't take the Islam. And therefore, it is allowed for it to have happened in that situation. According to them. Huh? And even to say if it's a minor shirk, they say it's shirk on It's a different category. Different category. And it doesn't come under minor shirk. So they say it is shirk on and obedience. And therefore, uh, it was allowed, uh, it is possible for it to have happened according to that, that group of scholars. Like in the other group of scholars, and this is the, the, this is the opinion that was taken by Ibn Jarir al Tabari and many and the Mufassir, yani Ibn Jarir al Tabari, and also a lot of the ulama of Najd, uh, Sheikh Muhammad al Wahhab, obviously, as he brings it here, and his grandchildren, Sulaiman ibn, uh, ibn Abdullah, uh, and others, they mention this. And that's their opinion. The other opinion which, also taken, which is taken by Ibn al-Qayyim and a group of scholars, a large group of scholars, they say that this story is weak. And the reason for its weakness, number one, is chain of narration. Even though it has some other uh, chains that come that may back it up, but the chain of narration, mazal, no doubt, is still weak according to them. They say chain of narration is weak. The second reason why they say it's weak is also the context of this hadith. Number one is that, is, is it possible for Adam, the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to believe Iblis, to be scared of Iblis to be scared of Iblis to come and, and, and uh, do something against him when he knows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one to protect him he won't be scared they say some of them, they bring that they bring that point as well, one of these points as, as this point number two is that do they think that obeying would, is it possible to assume that Adam alayhi salam would think obeying Iblis is going to bring about any good even if say that the child was to die, Adam السلام, would he not know that obeying Iblis is going to bring out something more evil? No doubt he would know that. So therefore, and, and they bring many other reasons to the point that Shaykh Salih ibn Abdul Aziz Sindi, Hafizahullah ta'ala, he brings at least 10 points to show why this, this, this um, story is weak. The story is weak. So what's the correct tafsir of the ayah? It's the tafsir that was brought by Al-Hasan Al-Basri, Rahimahullah ta'ala. He said that these, this ayah is talking about the children from Banu Adam, the children of the human beings. That whenever someone he has a child and he names him other than the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, Abdul, uh, the Abd of something else, then this is what Allah is referring to. The parents, after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them this ni'mah, this blessing of a child, they give, they do this shirk and they, uh, they, they, they become ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In either situation, the point is, the point. The point of this, of this chapter is the main thing that we need. Whether the story is weak or not, the point still stands. A person, he's waiting. Maybe sometimes they wait five, five years, ten years, twenty years. They go and they take medicine and they go to the doctor and they ask them, am I fertile or I'm not fertile? They're trying to get pregnant. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them a child, they name him Abdul Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa or something like that. Or Abdul Hussein or Abdul Ali. Attributing this blessing to other than Allah azza wa and no doubt this is from the is a huge ungratefulness to Allah Azza wa Jal for a person to do that. So the point is that it is not allowed and it's a type of shirk in obedience. وَلَهُ بِسَنَدٍ صَحِيحٍ أَنْ قَتَادَ شُرَكَاءَ فِي طَاعَتِهِ وَلَمْ يَكُنْ فِي عِبَادَتِهِ Qatada, he mentions about the story of Adam that they were they done shirk in obedience, not in worship. وَلَهُ بِسَنَدٍ صَحِيحٍ مُجَاهِدٍ فِي قَوْلِهِ لَإِنْ أَتَيْتَنَا صَالِحًا قَالَ أَشْفَقَ أَلَّا يَكُونَ إِنسَانًا مُجَاهِدٍ رَيْسَ They were scared that the baby would come out and he wouldn't be a human being. وَذَكَرَ, وذكر مَعْنَاهُ عَنِ الْحَسَنِ وَسَعِيدٍ وَغَيْرِهِمَا Narrated from Al-Hasan al-Basri and Sa'id. Wallahu a'lam. طيب, Sa'id ibn Jubayr. So the, the point of this chapter is فيه مسائل الأولى تحريم كل اسم معبد لغير الله that it is haram haram not allowed for anyone to take a name that has abd to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala الثانيه the second one is tafsir of the ayah that we've just taken الثالثه ان هذا الشرك في مجرد تسميه لم تقصد حقيقتها that it is shirk in just the name for a person just to have the name 
for a person to be given to, to, to give that name to someone else, even if you don't intend the meaning, even if you don't intend that he is a slave of the Prophet وسلم, or someone else, then it's still a type of shirk. And it becomes major shirk if a person intends the actual meaning. Al-Rabi'ah number four is أَنَّ هِبَةَ اللَّهِ لِلرَّجُلِ الْبِنْتَ السَّوِيَّةِ مِنَ النِّعَمِ That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you a, 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 a healthy daughter, healthy child, a healthy daughter, then it is from a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Khamisa ذِكْرُ السَّلَفِ الْفَرْقَ بَيْنَ الشِّرْكِ فِي الطَّاعَةِ وَالشِّرْكِ فِي الْعِبَادَةِ That the Salaf, they mention the difference between shirk when it comes to ta'a, obedience, and shirk when it comes to um, ibadah, worship. Of course, the sin is upon the parents, not upon the child. No. So it's not upon the child until like, what if they find out later on and they continue to keep that name? Then they should change the name. And if they don't, others continue. Allahu Akbar. No. So does that mean every ma'asir is shirk fi Every ma'asir is ta'a fi ta'a. Every sin is shirk fi ta'a. No. That's something that was mentioned by Sheikh Salih Al Sheikh Hafizullah. Babu, Babu, Qawli Allah Ta'ala. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, this next chapter is وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى فَدُعُوهُ بِهَا وَذَرُوا الَّذِينَ يُلْحِدُونَ فِي أَسْمَائِهِ سَيُجْزَوْنَ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Allah says, Allah, to Allah belongs the most, good, the most uh, perfect of names. So call him by these names. يعني ask Allah by his names. يَا رَحْمَانِ يَا رَحِيمِ Ask Allah by his names. وَذَرُوا الَّذِينَ يُلْحِدُونَ فِي أَسْمَائِهِ And leave of those who do ilhad when it comes to the names of Allah. The point of this chapter is that um, it is not allowed for a person to do ilhad when it comes to the names of Allah. And ilhad is a, is a comprehensive word that we're going to explain insha'Allah. Al-ilhad is al-mailu, al-mail generally, al-mail. In, Ara- in Arabic language, al-lahad is something that's on the side. That's why I remember when, you, when we talk about fiqh, when the grave, we have two types of graves. What is it? Al-lahad and al-shiq. Huh? And the lahad is when you bury the body on the side of the grave. So you go down into the grave and then you go into the side of the wall of the grave and you put the body in there and you cover it. That's called a lahad. And it's a sunnah, according to, uh, to, to some scholars. They say that it is the sunnah for them to do a lahad. And this is how the Prophet ﷺ was buried. That's what it means in the Arabic language. As for when it comes to, uh, when we're talking about the names of Allah, is for you to go away from the truth when it comes to the names of Allah. So to go al-mailu an yajib for you to turn away from the names of Allah from what is obligatory. And you don't do what's obligatory, you don't believe what's obligatory for you to believe in when it comes to the names of Allah. And they are number one the ways of being having ilhad the names of Allah and going against what you need to believe is in three ways. Number one is jahdu ma'aniha is that you deny the meanings. Denying the meanings of the names of Allah, as is done by the innovators today, the Jahmiyyah, and those who follow their opinions in the names and attributes of Allah, like the Asha'ira and the Maturidiyah. They deny the meanings of some of the names, or the majority of the names of Allah. So they say that when Allah says Al Hakim, the most wise, they don't believe in that meaning. It's just a word. We don't know what it means. Number two is. الإنكار المسمى بها وهو الله to deny Allah to deny the one who to deny Allah سبحانه وتعالى himself to deny Allah سبحانه وتعالى himself and number three is التشريك فيها for a person to give these names to other than Allah سبحانه وتعالى in terms of its meaning يعني give a name to other than Allah other gods. For example, um, naming someone the Father, naming Allah Subhanahu wa Taala the Father. No, no, sorry, that's going to come later. That is, um, so, so basically, a person has to affirm the names and attributes of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the first evidence is Leave off those people who turn away from what they need to believe when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah. Ibn Abi Hatim, he brings the tafsir of this ayah. And Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, يُشْرِكُونَ 
They do shirk when it comes to the names of Allah. What does it mean by doing shirk when it comes to these names? They took the name of Allah, Al-Ilah, and they used it to name Al-Lat. Al-Lat, they say that it came from, some of the officers say Al-Lat, with a shadda, he used to do, he used to mix food for the hujjaj and give them food. And others, they mention here, Ibn Abbas mentions, Al-Lat min Al-Ilah. From something that is worshipped. That's the name of Allah. So they took that name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they gave it to other than Allah Azza wa Jal. And that's something that's not allowed. Uzza, the one they used to worship, they say that it came from the name Al Aziz. Wa'an al Amash, Amash rahimahullah ta'ala wa Sulaiman ibn Mahran, al Mihran, Sulaiman ibn Mihran al Amash, from the Tabi'een, he said, Yudhiluna fiha ma laysa minha. They add names. That are not part of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they go again, like for example, the father. They say the father, the name of Allah is the father. Or today, what happens today, a lot of people they say, Allah is the best of, Allah is the painter. Because he created, when they see the sky, how it looks, it looks beautiful. Allah is an amazing painter. Or Allah is an architect. Things like that. These kind of names are not something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran or in the Sunnah. I will mention the principle when it comes to the names of Allah and his attributes are what? It is? They are something that we have to only have The only way we can affirm it is Through the Quran or through the Sunnah Okay So these names and attributes Are something that we only get from the Quran and the Sunnah So denying them So when it comes to for example uh, Denying its name, the names of attributes For example denying any of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It comes under Ilhad Also denying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself That comes under Ilhad And number three is For a person to do shirk by giving these names other than Allah, to people who are worshipped other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. I've got two questions. In terms of people affirming the word but not meaning, mm. what's the response to that? Because they, they, they say that it's from the, the shabihat. So how would you respond to it? No. Um, so those people who affirm the meaning of the, of the names, and they don't, they affirm the words but not the meaning, sorry. How do you respond to that? Because they say it from the mutashabihat. Number one, we say that Ibn Abdul Bar, rahimahullah, Abu Umar, Ibn Abdul Bar, Rahimahullah Ta'ala brings ijma' amongst the salaf that all of the names of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala are ala ala al-haqiqa they are in reality and it's not in majaz it's not, into, it's not a metaphor these names of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala we affirm them the way they are so number one that's the ijma' number two for you to say it's the mutashabihat you would have to bring evidence for that because we know that the salaf they affirmed it in that way so for them to say it's mutashabihat is not you can't say it's mutashabihat number three that there is no mutashabih mutlaq in the Quran or the Sunnah there is not, nothing that is mutashabih in and of itself. Mutashabih is nisbi, is subjective. Youth might something, because like, in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did he say? Al-halal ubayin wal-haram ubayin wa baynahuma umurun mutashabihat la ya'lamuhunna kathirun minan nas. A lot of people, there's halal and there's haram, there's mutashabih. Mutashabih means something that's unclear. What do you mean by halal, haram, which is too clear? Yeah? And then mutashabih, a lot of people, they don't know. What does that mean? That means the majority of the people, to them is mutashabih. Like in reality, it has a ruling. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alif Lam Mim, kitabun uhkimat ayatuhu, thumma fussilat. This is a book that the ayat, they are uhkimat, they are muhkam. They're clear cut, they've been explained. Uhkimat wa fussilat, they've been explained. Okay? So nothing in the Quran and the Sunnah is mutashabih in and of itself. Mutashabih is nisbi, it's subjective. You might find something mutashabih and the other people they won't. Asked for you to say that there is something that is mutashabih in the Quran that is not known, the meaning is not known, then this is a lie against the Quran. That means, that means you're saying Allah revealed something that you don't understand, that we don't understand. What's the point of revelation then? What was the reason for it? How can you ponder over it? Allah says, Why don't you, why, uh, should they not ponder over the Quran? How can you ponder over something you don't understand the meaning of? Right? طيب, what about Alif Lamim? Alif Lam Mim, Alif Lam Mim Saad. Alif Lam Mim Saad, guys. Number one, this is the main thing that we need to understand. When it comes to Alif Lam Mim, these are letters. When you ask about meaning, do you ask the meaning of letters or do you ask meaning of words? Words. So these are letters, these are not intended themselves. These letters are not intended themselves for meanings. Rather, they are letters, and the scholars they mentioned that these are letters. That the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the wisdom. So what are the, so now we don't we don't have to explain to you what are the meaning of these letters because they are letters. So someone asks you what does A mean or B, C, D, Alif, Ba, Ta, what does it mean? Does someone ask you that? No one asks you that, right? 
It's meat letters. So then why did Allah put it there? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put it there to challenge the Arabs. To say to them, this Quran, that you can't even bring something like it. You can't bring anything that is like the Quran. They are made, the Quran is made up with your own, the letters of the Arabic language. Alif, Lam, Mim. These letters, Alif, Lam, Mim. These same letters that you read, these are the same letters that are in the Quran, and you still can't come with something like it. So it's a challenge. The point is that when it comes to review, that's, that's the wisdom. Like in the point is what? This Alif, Lam, Mim, Sad, Yasin. Kaf, Ha, Ya'in, Sad. These letters are letters that we don't ask for about, about its meaning. We ask about the meanings of words, not the meaning of letters. That's the so to say that, that, that even that so it's not mutashabi. Even that if lamim sad is not mutashabi. Okay, is it clear? So the first one, the first one. So when you said that the salah before ijma, like when you said before ijma, is that like publicly every single scholar that you was talking about, I think they. So obviously, affirming he brought ijma and he quoted in a consensus. So he claimed when I when I say um, brought ijma, he claimed there is a consensus. There is ijma. He claimed it. And the way to claim consensus is for a person who is a person of knowledge, who knows the opinions of the scholars in the past and in the present, and he has not seen any difference of opinion. And that shows that there is ijma. So for a person to show, so when they, so it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily need for every single scholar to have spoken about it, but to know that there is no difference of opinion amongst the Sahaba when it comes to this issue, and they, because of that, they, through through that they claim ijma, okay, and the scholars that claim ijma are many. Ibn Abdul Bar, obviously the the claim of ijma can only be taken from people who are from scholars, who are people who are, and not just any scholar, those people who are firmly grounded scholars, and their names like Ibn Abdul Bar. Ibn Hazm, Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Mundir. They have books. Ibn Mundir has a book on Ijma'ah. Ibn, Ibn Hazm has a book on Ijma'ah. What are the issues that they have found that the scholars have agreed upon? At Tirmidhi also, in his Jami'ah, he quotes Ijma'ah there as well. Like, and the point is that the way they affirm the Ijma'ah is through having a, knowing, knowing an opinion where the scholars, they knew, they knew because of their knowledge, they knew that there was no difference of opinion amongst them on that issue. Now, yeah. Um, affirming the names of Allah. Number two, husna. They are the names of Allah are husna. Number three, that we are we are asked to we are commanded to make dua to Allah through His name. So we say, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim. Leave of those people who go against these names from the jahilin, ignorance and mulhideen. Those people who go against the name and attributes of Allah and they deny the names and attributes of Allah. They say Allah is not above. Or they say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't got such and such attribute that he's affirmed from himself in the Quran and the Sunnah. Leave of those people. Al-Khamis tafsirul al-Hadi fiha. We know what al-Had means, right? To, leave, to not believe about it, what you must believe. Sadisa wa'idu man al-Had. The threat of the ones who uh, they do al-Had. Where's the threat? Sayyujazawna ma kanu ya'malun. The end of the ayah. They will be given as a um, result. They will be given as a recompense what they used to do. We're going to take one last chapter because, inshallah ta'ala, because of the time. Some people, they come from far. We want them to get back home for iftar and time. And this last short chapter. Now, these chapters are now generally here. These are all chapters that we've taken from when it comes to... Um, from the last from the chapter that we've started today. These are all issues that go... that, that from, from the beginning of today. They are all issues that go against the perfection of someone's Tawheed. So these are small issues that, we want to say small issues, but issues that someone may not know them, may not be, may not be very clear to them, but it goes against the person's Tawheed because of certain meanings. I want to ask you guys a question actually before that. We said that naming someone Abdul Muttalib or all of that, 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 I should have asked you then. Like I want to ask you guys now, what's the evidence, what's the ruling of naming a child? Mm. No, what's the ruling of naming a child? Halal, haram, mubah. So you're allowed to not name him? Wajib. Haqqa? Was that Umar al-Khattab? So pick a good name. What about a name? Giving him a name. What's the evidence to show that it's wajib to give a name? Abdul Rahman, you said it. 
Mm. Would it be that um, when people came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and bad names were changed and instead removing them? That's changing. So it's wise to change the name, okay? Allah naming the names, and like for example, Yahya and. Um, so Allah named it. Is that, yeah, and that doesn't show that Allah named them, doesn't mean that doesn't show this why. What does Allah say, name them? Huh? So you have a name. That shows that you have a name. Doesn't show that you have to name your child. Hi, is that research? No. Ibn Ibn Hazm, Ibn Hazm, he brings the Jama'ah that he has to name a child. And that's proof. Ijma' is a proof, right? Ibn Hajim is Marat ibn Jum'ah. He brings the Jum'ah that you have to name your child. That's the proof itself. Tayyib. Babu la yuqalu as-salamu ala Allah. You're not allowed to say as-salamu ala Allah. As-salamu ala Allah, what does it mean? Is to say, is making dua for Allah. You say as-salamu ala Allah. Uh, and salam means dua that Allah, that you, when, when you say as-salamu alaykum, what does it mean? I'm saying may Allah protect you from any naqs, any deficiency, and any aib, any bad attributes, anything bad, yani. We say as-salam. So to make dua to Allah, to say as-salamu ala Allah, is not allowed, why? Because Allah is perfect, and it, uh, it insinuates that Allah is not perfect, because you have to make dua for Him to be perfect. And He is as-salam. He is the one who is as-salim min kulli aibin wa naqs. He's the one who has no um, um, deficiencies. طيب. The evidence for this is for Sahih, يعني ابن عبد ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال كنا إذا كنا مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ابن مسعود said when we used to be with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in salah we used to say قلنا السلام على الله من عباده السلام على الله السلام to Allah from his slaves we used to say that السلام from Allah to Allah from his slaves we're giving salam to Allah السلام على فلان وفلان then we used to say السلام from فلان وفلان in the تشهد فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم so the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said لا تقولوا السلام على الله don't say السلام to Allah فإن الله هو السلام because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as-salam. And that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is perfect himself. So therefore, for you to make dua to, for Allah, to have perfection, then this goes against a person's tawheed, no doubt. And it shows that a person is as if he is belittling Allah azza wa jal. So what's the ruling of someone making dua? I say, as-salamu alaykum, ya Allah. Um, I want to ask for this and that. I had the Christians here, hello, God. Things like that. That kind of problematic stuff. And sometimes, Allah, I see some Muslims, they do that. New Muslims. New Muslims. And reverts. They just came from Christianity and they say, Assalamu alaikum, God, things like that. It's not allowed. Tayyip? Allahu alaikum, I don't know about Tayyip, Allahu alaikum. I don't know. Tayyip? So saying, Assalamu alaikum, why is it haram? Because Allah does not need your dua. Naam. Fee masail al-ula tafsir al-salam. The explanation of salam. What does salam mean? Peace. Not peace. Dua, or the one who is. Free from any naqs, any imperfection. Do you guys understand that? Because I don't understand it. Maybe my English, the way I translate it, is not very good. As-salim min kulli aibin wa naqs. Oh, it says peace in the translation. Peace upon Allah. Mm. No. As-salam is as-salim min kulli aibin wa naqs. The one who is free from any aib, any deficiency, and any uh, imperfection. Nah, that's the word. Any deficiency or any imperfection. This is a, that's what salam is. So when I say salam to you, I'm making a dua that Allah gives you. Salam, yani gives you is you're free from any imperfection and any deficiency. طيب. Exactly. No, for some, يعني السلام عليك. May you be may you be free from it. Tasbih is above. Allah is above all of that. No. Oh, okay. The master of the tasbih comes from different, uh, whole different angle, from a different angle. You're saying, Subhanallah, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is above that, even for that to happen to him. As-salam is ikhbar. You're telling Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says his name is As-salam. He's telling us that he is the one who's free from every imperfection, and so tasbih is he is the one who's above all imperfections or any no imperfections, any deficiencies, anything bad. For example, having a child. Allah is above that. القدوس is الله أعلم يعني الطاهر مطهر من كل شيء الله أعلم الله أعلم نعم 
طيب آه ثانية أنه تحية سلام is, is a greeting آه ثالثة أنها لا تصلح لله that we don't give this تحية to Allah this greeting to Allah الرابعة العلة في ذلك the reason for that الخامسة تعليمهم التحية التي تصلح لله and so the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم taught them the way that we should say to Allah سبحانه وتعالى we end the day إن شاء الله تعالى and carry our next lesson والله أعلم وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبعهم بإحسان لا يوم الدين الحمد لله رب العالمين